Yes, hello folks, welcome to the Weekly Manchester United Show. I'm your host as always, Phil Brown, joined here with the fantastic Cal McFadden from Football CFB. If you haven't checked out this guy, you need to go check him out. The interviews that this guy's been getting has been absolutely fantastic, uh, week after week after week. Uh, one of the best podcasts around free content. Get yourself over there and check him out at Football CFB. Um, and he's been doing this show now with me quite regularly, so I'm pleased to have him. This is, of course, transfer deadline day and the Monday after an unbelievable result against Tottenham um, that had so many things to be concerned about as we've basically been this way since the start of the season so many things to be concerned about um, Cam first of all how you doing Mip? I'm doing well Phil thank you very much um, for that intro really appreciate <laughs> it as always and and in terms of how I'm feeling yesterday if you'd asked me this question at full time I'd have probably had not answered you I was in a huff um, I didn't want to watch another game of football ever again I put on the new David Attenborough documentary because I thought ah. I've had enough of football now. Um, and then I started, my phone started to, to buzz with lots of messages saying Villa have scored four and five and six. And mm. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that they had beaten Liverpool and scored seven goals. And I'll be honest, it made me feel maybe 5% better, but still 95% dismayed and angry. Well, we'll start with the Spurs game before we get to transfers in and out. Obviously, a lot happened in this fluid situation, so we may get some updates as the show goes on. Um, expect Cavani to be announced any minute. But let, let's talk about the performance against Spurs yesterday. Um, it's a big game because obviously there's a bit of needle between Solskjaer and Mourinho. And uh, you're thinking United are going to go in this game. If you really, if you look back at December last last year. United against Spurs was really when Solskjaer's renaissance started. Um, they played well against Spurs. They won that game. Fred was excellent. Tommy was excellent. They they, they won the game and, and uh, it was a burning three points United. The contrast between that and this could not have been greater. Um, and I want to tell you something, Callum. I know there's lots of people saying it's not Solskjaer's fault. Solskjaer had, rightly said he takes responsibility because he takes responsibility because he does. It is partly his fault. There's no question about it. Right? Um, but what I saw in that United team uh, was absolutely appalling. First of all, go back to the Brighton game. Look at how many chances. That game should have been 6-2. Look at how many chances they gave Brighton. And they were coming from the same areas, wide areas, where fullbacks are tucking in. Right? And they don't learn. Look at Luke Shaw's positioning for a couple of those goals. He's all over the place. Right? The son, the, 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 Harry Maguire goes out and closes down son. Shaw is basically playing as a centre-back all over the place. Right? Wan-Bissaka the week before. Far too narrow. Given too much width. Mourinho knew how to target United. No intensity. No, n- 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 there was no fluidity. The, 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 the passing was terrible from defence. Uh, from the back, they were caught out from the back. They, were, they just looked dreadful. It's Solskjaer, which is where Solskjaer takes responsibility for me. Right? He can't make human beings try. It's up to them. But the shape of United was dreadful. All over the place. Paul Pogba was a disgrace. An absolute disgrace. Yes, those players let him down. But the positioning of that back four, every part of it was just dreadful. They caused no threat to Spurs. They looked like they wanted off the pitch after 20 minutes. They looked like they felt sorry for themselves. Martial, stupid for reacting. Yes, Lamella should have went. But that performance was disgraceful. Remember, this is Tottenham. Good team, but not a brilliant team. 
right? Newcastle went and dribbled them what the, the other week or away, and then come and beat United six one. And honestly, if they'd have wanted, it could have been eight or nine. That that that's the worrying thing, mate. You, you're spot on there. Tottenham could have scored more goals, and and for me, when when you look at the performance. I'm going to hold my hands up and say, after the game in midweek, I thought Eric Bailly should have started at centre-half. I wanted to see him come into the team and be given an opportunity because I've criticised Lindelof and felt it would be better if he'd a game out. But what we've seen from Eric Bailly was what we've seen, unfortunately, under his United career. There's, there's a player in there, but at times he makes baffling decisions, very rash on the ball, as we've seen for, for, for the goal for Tottenham mm-hmm. as well. And, and for me, you, you're spot on when it comes to the defensive side of the game. Shaw's positioning at times was poor. Maguire, I mean, I know he's had, he's had a few troubles off the pitch, but if they're affecting him that much, then surely he has to be taken out of the firing line for the good of him and the good of the team. Because when you, when you think of Manchester United captains, Phil, you know this better than me. You think of Brian Robson. You think mm-hmm. of Roy Keane. You think of someone standing up, chest puffed out as the captain of Man United. At the moment, Harry Maguire is shrinking as the captain of Man United. I don't know if, if as I say, I've referenced what's going on off the park. Is that playing in his mind? Potentially. But if it is, he needs to be replaced as captain, either temporarily or permanently, because at the moment, he looks like a player that's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. And in regards to Juan Bissaka, I mean, <laughs> diving in yesterday again, time and time again, you see the penalty that Pogba gives away. I mean, if Pogba didn't give it away, then Juan Bissaka probably was, because he was throwing himself to the ground too. And, and and for me, one of the things that I want to question Solskjaer on in this, and, and I'm sure he would have an answer if we put this question to him, Johnny Van de Beek's came in from Ajax, and he must be wondering what on earth is going on at the club he's at now, and he must be also be wondering what do I need to do to get a start? Mm-hmm. He's looked lively off the bench, he came on and played well against Crystal Palace, albeit mm-hmm. the game you could argue was, was almost gone. He then um, comes on off the bench against Brighton, does does well, does well in the League Cup game, and then he's back on the bench again mm-hmm. for Tottenham. And, and for me, I just felt that was the perfect opportunity for Solskjaer to put him in and, and, and say to him, here's your chance, you've earned it, go and show as you deserve it. And, and we didn't see that. You've referenced Martial. I completely agree with what you've said. It was it was daft. It was stupid. Yes, Lamela should go. But does he really need to react in that manner? No. The timing of the goal after that, Solskjaer references, is not ideal. It's less than a minute afterwards. But, but by God, it was grim. And, and it was one of those performances. Patrice Evers made headlines over here in the UK where he held his hands up and went, I've been beat 6-1 with Man United, but... We weren't beat like that. We weren't beaten a, a, by a team who aren't necessarily that much better or better at all than as it was. It was an absolute shambles. There was uh, not a single player on that pitch that can emerge with any credit, right? Not one. And uh, you know, I think there were so many things wrong with it, and that back four really concerns me. And it is truly unbelievable that this football club was not signed a centre-back. Truly unbelievable. And we'll get into all of that in a minute. right? But I mean, Callum, United had in the entire game 38% possession. They were completely outplayed right? in every single part of the pitch. right? I mean, Harry Maguire should be absolutely ashamed to his core 
for putting in a performance like that. That goal, the first goal, was one of the most disgraceful, calamitous pieces of defending I have ever seen in my life. One mistake after another, after another. You can't blame Solskjaer for individual errors. Players take responsibility for that. But the possession of the back four he takes responsibility for. United have a problem in the defensive midfield role. Right? Because they're they're far too open. Uh, look at Palace. Look at the goals Palace were scoring against United. They're far too open. And I think this is part of the problem of Van de Beek thing. Is that Paul Pogba is also a player that United need to decide where is his best position. Because they've tried to play him in that holding 10 role. And I didn't, I, I was saying before the game, I really hope he doesn't play in that six role, in that holding midfielder, because Mourinho knows he can't play there. Mourinho knows how to exploit Pogba. And you only need to go back. I remember, weirdly enough, Spurs away, where Pogba played in that role. And United conceded under Mourinho, United conceded after 35 seconds from Pogba not tracking runners. None of the runners were tracked yesterday. None of them. That's midfielders not working hard enough. Right? That's people not doing their job. I mean, the Spurs are a decent set, but United made them look like world beaters. I mean, Serge Aurier is one of the worst right backs in the league. Right? And and, and I'm, I'm just, the, the, that performance, Solskjaer takes responsibility because he's the manager. Right? There's other problems at United, but you have to be careful not to be myopic and say that that one person or one thing is entirely to blame. Solskjaer had enough players to beat, beat Crystal Palace. He's had enough players in that team to put a result in against, to put a performance in against Tottenham. And I said that this is the season he has to get judged. Gary Neville criticised him for not being stronger with the board. We've said it before, he needs to be stronger with the board. Stop protecting them, right? And if you're going to do that, if you're going to turn around and say you're happy with the squad, then you own that result and you own that performance. And I have said this, I love Solskjaer as a player, right? But this really is the season that he has to show he can move Manchester United forward. And if United don't improve on what they did last season, then he shouldn't be here anymore. Now, we can talk about what's going on above him, of course, but Solskjaer has to take responsibility, just like everybody else has. He certainly does, and, and Roy Keane on, on, on TV last Monday was asked the question, if United don't finish top four, what happens? And he's very, he's always said that Solskjaer should be given time and should be backed, as, mm -hmm. as we both have, but he echoes your point. He literally said last week, if they don't improve on what they did last season, then there has to be a change of management because mm -hmm. it would be the same at any other club, so we, we have to be fair to him. I think you're right, if he's happy enough to come out and publicly say, I've got a good squad and I'm happy with the squad, then he has to be judged on it. People will point to it and say, oh, he's got to say that, he can hardly come out and criticise the players. Nobody's asking him to come out and criticise what he's already got in terms of names and throwing people under the bus. What, what fans are looking for, what people who have the club's best interests at heart are looking for, is for him to just admit, I am sure I need players and I need to get them soon. Look at the bench yesterday. Lindelof, okay, you can say that he's, he's normally a starter. Mata, we've talked about before. He, he's ageing. He's not got the, the pace to, to really trouble top teams, let's be honest. Lingard, a player who many people thought would be on his way out this summer. He's still here as we speak on the deadline. 
Fred was okay at times last season, improved. Van de Beek, we've mentioned Henderson, McTominay. That bench, to me, just highlights the massive problem. And and I know we're going to come to this, the Sancho saga, we're going to come to the players United have signed, but you look at the bench and, and you just despair and you think to yourself, what on earth is going on here? I mean, I, I said to you a few weeks ago on the show, Phil, when Fosu Mensa starts the opening mm-hmm. game of the season, that's a worrying message. Now, that's not me having a personal go at Timothy Fosu Mensa. He can only do his best when he's picked. It's not his fault he's picked for Manchester United to start right back in the opening day of the season. He's in the squad he's picked. Of course, he's going to play. But that's a player who struggled on loan at Fulham, who struggled on loan at Crystal Palace and was starting for Manchester United on the opening day of the season. That's what should embarrass the people upstairs. And that's where Solskjaer has to come out. Maybe not publicly and throw full cements under the bus, but go to the board and say, come on, I cannot be left with this. It's, to me, Cam, when we took, when we look at what we've got here, um, when what's going out, Smalling, I, at first of all, I don't believe Smalling should be given a second chance at United. Right? It's easy to forget what we had with Chris Smalling before. United should have moved Chris Smalling on four or five years ago. Right? Andres Pereira, don't disagree. Sanchez, don't disagree. Dallo, I thought it was enough in Dallo to stay, but something's Dallow, good didn't fancy him. Right? So, um, the, the, I have no problems with what he's got out. But what we brought in, the needs were, were very clear. Right? Solskjaer said after Leicester, given the board a list of what I want, right? It was obvious the club needed a centre back. It was obvious the club needed a right winger, right? So in my opinion the club needed for me a quality centre back, left footed, right? That has pace that can, can compensate for Maguire's weaknesses. Um, they needed a right winger, uh, because Dan James just doesn't good enough. Uh, and Mason Greenwood probably more of a central striker. Um, they needed to replace a Gallo because uh, Igalo just isn't good enough, right? Uh, and, and for me, those were the three positions they had to do something, right? As of right now, they've got no centre-back, they've got no right-winger, right? I mean, I know we've signed a couple of young players, um, which is good for the depth, right? Um, and, and looks like we're going to send a striker that played seven games last season, who's been available all summer. And that, to me, strikes of the consistent problem that United are being completely incapable of targeting a player, getting that player that you want, that Solskjaer asks for, or any manager asks for, and and, and, and sending him as a result of a process of elimination that says our scouts have scouted him. D is someone that we want, someone that we targeted. For this, for this reason, let's get him in. Instead, we're back to... Agent recommended players. How many times do we have to learn this lesson? That that that's the thing. It's it's very frustrating, and we'll come to the names shortly. I mean, you look at the situation with a left back. It was clear that the manager wants a left back. Why is he coming in on deadline day? United have known that Telles is out of contract. Was out of contract. Pardon me. Mm. At the end of this season, it's not as if they've just woke up on October the first and thought, "Ah, he's out of contract. We should maybe go and get him now." They will have known about this. Agents, <laughs> United players would be the same. If a player's coming towards the end of his contract and it's not public knowledge, more often than not, an agent will make it public knowledge so that the player can at least have options in the, in the forthcoming year. So to not get that deal done until today for me is baffling. 
Um, you look at Luke Shaw coming out a few weeks ago as, as we commended him in this show saying we need more even though his position was one of the positions that was going to be strengthened I mean that, that's been done today Cavani who will come to a player who was linked with Juventus a player who was linked with Atletico Madrid he was linked with Real Madrid he was linked with Benfica and by all accounts if you believe the stories in, in different uh, media forms um, in different countries Agents' fees were what broke the deal down for each of those clubs. How much truth in that, I don't know, because obviously I don't speak to his agent on a regular basis. But judging by the fact that more than one reputable media source in these countries has said agents' fees were a problem, that triggers alarm bells for me with Cavani. I've been on record as saying I think he's an experienced player. He's won a lot in his career. I think United have got an inexperienced forward line. You've got Greenwood, you've got Rashford, you've got Martial. I don't think it's wrong that they, we get in a, 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 a proven number nine who's got experience, who's won trophies, international caps in abundance as well to help these guys learn. I don't think that's a bad thing. What I do think is a worrying and potentially a bad thing is the fact that it seems to be coming again, as you've alluded to there, an agent offering a player like this to United, who, let's be honest with you, has been available for free all summer and could have been snapped up in the first week of July. Well, I mean, look, let's talk about the Sancho thing for a minute, right? <clears throat> because, so they've known he's been a priority for at least a year, right? Why do you, why, why does it take you to the last three weeks of the window to make a breakthrough on agent's fees? Surely that's something that you accomplish right before the window starts. And you say, all right, this is what we're willing to pay. This is what we, okay, you, we're not willing to pay it. We move on immediately, right? Don't sit in your arse for five, six weeks and then say we've made a breakthrough with the agent's fees. Oh, but we're not going to make a bid because we're going to hope that Borussia Dortmund blink. And now they look stupid. Dortmund insisted you needed doubt with his agent, did dealt with an agent who was working on their behalf, right? Fine. Whether you make the derisory bid to an agent, uh, the third party to direct Dortmund, doesn't matter. Bruce Dortmund made it very, very clear to Manchester United, this is what it was going to take for you to make this signing happen, you know, never deliver on it. Never. Right? So, here we are again, another main target missed out. This happens every year. Jaden Sancho, Griezmann, doesn't matter. Go through them all. You know, they just don't get them. But yet these suits, these faceless suits, are offended at Gary Neville. Criticising them. The hubris. The idea that Solskjaer can get slaughtered. Players can get slaughtered. But they can't. If they can't see that they're the problem. How can you not see you're the problem at this football club? How can everybody else be wrong? But you're right. You're comfortable. You're monitoring. This shit drives me up the walls. Behave like a football club. Recruit like one. Every single thing at United is a gamble. Solskjaer's a gamble. Right? No thought out process. Why? Because the people responsible for hiring him don't know what a good manager looks like. And, and that's that's always going to be, be the massive issue. And and you look at deadline day, you look at this day that we are speaking on, Adrian Bevington, someone we've both got massive respect for in football, has worked mm -hmm. behind the scenes and knows what it takes um, to run organisations, whether it be the FA or a club. But the best run clubs 
have generally done their incoming business already. That's how it should be. And I follow on this on by the quote from Gary Neville, funnily enough, eight years ago, eight years ago or nine years ago today, where he said, deadline day is the day that the clubs that are terribly run get exposed. And you look at today so far, Phil, you're seeing United being linked with with more wingers than, than you and I have had hot dinners. You're seeing um, Cavani and, and um, Tellez. They could probably have been announced last night. They've, they've kept those back today, I think, to try and create a bit of positivity following the game yesterday because they knew they'd have been slaughtered if they put anything out last night, I'm sure. You've got the Smalling situation where they've stalled that deal in terms of letting Smalling go to the point where it's, it's been done with 20 minutes to spare, which is which is which is crazy. And you just you just think to yourself, what on earth is going on? Why well, is it always the same old story? Well, first of all, take a look at what they're paying for Tellers. Bizarrely enough, they got exactly the same fee for Smalling as what they're paying for Tellers, right? Does that sound like Harry Maguire, Romelu Lukaku to you? Sounds like it to me. Yes. <laughs> right? All of a sudden, they pay for Harry Maguire what they get for Romelu Lukaku. Right? So the fact that the Glazers have said, you are not signing centre-backs because we have too many. The reason why we have too many is because, first of all, they're on ridiculous contracts that they shouldn't be on. Right? So they're impossible to move. It's not Solskjaer's fault The Rojo and Phil Jones are on massive contracts. Not his fault. So move them on. Rojo has a year left on his contract. Get, go send him to Fulham and pay half his wages. Anyone. If you really can't find a football club that will take Marcus Rojo, what does that tell you about Marcus Rojo? If you really can't find a football club that will take Phil Jones on subsidised wages, what does that tell you? This is why... It's a roost to turn around and say, you need to spend all this money. Look, when you go out and sign players on the last day of the window, like a mad dice like United are doing, that's how you spend a lot of money and get nothing in return. When you sign players like Phil Jones and Marcus Rojo on massive contracts because you'd rather keep them than replace them, that's how you have a massive wage bill. That's how you end up with a massive wage bill with nothing in return for it. With, with, with Phil Jones wouldn't get into another Premier League team, nor would Marcus Rojo. They're not all realistic alternatives. They're just, they might as well be groundsmen on, on contracts. I don't expect any of them, neither of them, to ever play for United again. Right? Chris Smalling's now gone. Right? Eric Bailly, Lindelof uh, and Maguire, neither of those three will give you a consistent centre-back pattern that you can be confident in, right? And any top striker looking at those two will be licking their chops. We know they don't work as a centre-back pattern, right? We know that they're not a centre-back pattern that can win the league. We know they're not a centre-back pattern that can win any of the trophies that United are realistically targeting. So go out and sign one. I felt that a centre-back was more important than Jadon Sancho. I said that earlier in the season, said that earlier in the window. I felt, thought, I was asked, what was the most important signing that needed to make this summer? I said a centre-back. Okay, because you can have all the best forwards in the world, right? You, if you've got a boat with a brilliant engine, but it's got a big hole in it, it doesn't matter. You sink, and you had to have a big hole in the boat, and they didn't repair it. So to me, it's inexplicable. That they, <coughs> they said, "Look, because of past ineptitude, we're not sending any centre backs." This is supposed to be one of the biggest football clubs in the world, <coughs> and I mean, it can't come. It is. It, indefensible indefensible 
And that policy is part of the reason why United lost to, to, to Spurs 6-1. That policy is part of the reason why they lost the Palace. It's part of the reason why. They've conceded 11 goals in three games. It's just when when you when you lay the facts bare, it, 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 it's it's disheartening. It's it's grim. It's frustrating. It angers you, but deep down, does it surprise you? And the depressingly sad thing is, is, is no, it doesn't. And and you look at the centre back options as you mentioned there. None of them particularly inspire anyone. Teams lick their lips, as you've said, when they know either of those. I mean, whether you put Lindelof and Baye, Baye and Maguire, Maguire and Lindelof. Teams are excited to come to Old Trafford or, or face them at home and, and, and go toe-to-toe with these guys. They're, they're not going onto the pitch worried that the, their centre-forwards are going to be marked out of the game. They're, they're, they're looking forward to it. And what worries me now is, we talked about this a few weeks ago also with Mason Greenwood. The boy is exceptional. He's come in, he's saved United an awful lot of money and he's now established in the first team. My fear, as we speak now, is that someone like Young Menge is going to be thrown into this squad mm-hmm. in the next couple of months and people are going to expect him to be a world-beater at the age of 18, 19 and rescue United's defence. That could crush the kid. Now, of course, people will, will be shouting at me as I'm saying this, saying it could be the making of him. You don't know until you give him a go. Fair enough, but we've been down this route under Van Hallett times when the likes of Paddy McNair and others were put in and it's no fault of their own that they that they get put in at that stage but are they ready and if they're not ready you're potentially potentially throwing a really good asset under the bus and just just destroying the promise that he could have we've also as we're we're recording here Callum um, a big outburst from Sergio Romero's wife Um, she turned around and said Sergio Romero worked hard for his club last trophy they won they lifted it with him he helped the team reach four finals semi-finals and then he was left on the bench only to lose them all it's time for them to return the opportunity and let him go. Respect for once. Sergio Romero doesn't owe this club a penny. He owes this club nothing. If there's clubs in for Sergio Romero, United should be selling him. Should be letting him go. It's totally unfair to sit there to Sergio Romero, who's third choice goalkeeper, who's probably capable of playing for at least half of the Premier League teams as a starting goalkeeper. Missing out in big moves. Right? I mean, it... It, it, I, I, that 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 saddens me. Sergio Romero is owed a, 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 an amicable exit, even if it's not for a massive amount of money. If you can get six, five, six million for Romero, I think that's a brilliant deal. Let him go, and and well, as opposed to what? Again, this is how you have an inflated wage bill by demanding he stays on the on on, on the club's books with four goalkeepers, Lee Grant as well. I mean, we've still got a problem between De Gea and, and Henderson. Who's going to play? Ridiculous. It's, it's, it's shambolic, and, and you talk about planning. I mean, United are paying United are paying four goalkeepers. You would imagine, if you believe the, the reports that what of what these guys could be on, you're talking about almost or over half a million pounds a week uh-huh. on four goalkeepers yeah. and then Romero as you've mentioned there he came in on a free transfer he served the club incredibly well Everton are one of the clubs that are linked with him he's got the chance to go and play first team football now you could argue United don't want to sell to a fellow Premier League club I'm sure there'll be clubs abroad who would like Romero and I'm sure he's played in Italy before he's played in different countries 
I'm sure he would be comfortable going and playing in one of these countries if he knew he was going to get first-team football and he was going to be well looked after. So I, I, I agree with, with your sentiment and the sentiment of his wife there in the sense that he owes United nothing. They owe him the respect to say, thank you so much for everything you've done. We're going to let you move on because after all, we've made you third-choice goalkeeper and we've basically said that unless there's an injury crisis, you won't play for this club again. Um, um, the other signing is Tellez, right? To me, Tellez is a good signing, right? I think good age, you know, he's 27, turned 20, I have no concerns about that. Uh, experience, because United need that. Um, I think it's a good price. Uh, had Tellez been signed, let's say United started the window and said, we want Van der Beek and Tellez. I'd have been excited about that. I said, okay, and they signed him in the first couple of weeks, that window. You know, I'd say that's, that's very impressive for United. And once again, an illustration that the recruitment is improving. But I don't believe, whenever you've told me, you know, you know, you know we're in for Sergio Regulon. And the reason why they didn't do the deal is because of buyback. Tellers wasn't the first choice. So why did you leave it so long? Is it because the Chris Smalling situation where you needed to sell him to get, to, to get money to buy him? I, I sincerely hope not. Right? Um, good player that he is, could have helped the team at the weekend. Right. This is what I was saying about the regular thing about two weeks ago. Right. When you're fixated on buyback clauses or fixated on profit on 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 on, on, on um, buying players that you can develop and improve on 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 the resale value, you buy footballers. How relevant was Sergio Regulon's buyback clause or, or whatever it is at the weekend when he was magnificent? Not very relevant. Right. I would rather players play for Manchester United that want to... Like, I mean, if they bring in Dembele on a year's loan with no option to buy, why is that any different? You know, I mean, at least with Regulon, it's just, it's a loan, and if you, you loan, say, at best two-year loan and you sell them on at a profit, why is bringing Dembele in any different than, than, than Regulon? You know, I mean, Barcelona take him back at the end of the season. So he's not really your player. So I mean, this is this is the point that I'm talking about. These 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 decisions make no sense. We're talking about Dembele possibly with no 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 medical. What are you insane? He probably played three games last season. This is exactly what you get when you leave it to the last day of the window. This is like me on Christmas Eve, me dashing out to find a shop open to buy my wife something. This is exactly the same thing. It's insanity. It is. It, it's. I I just I I just get so angry at this because it's so avoidable. It's so predictable. We turned around and said in the podcast that United would bid for SAR as a joke. But it was predictable extrapolation of United's logic and how they run everything. That's, when you look at the inaptitude that infests that football club inside, it's damn near impossible to make progress. If a manager comes in and says, I want a left back, I want a right back, I want a centre back, get him them. Don't sit in your arse all summer and do nothing. Get him them before pre-season starts so we can integrate them into the squad. Give them a chance. Take a look at Everton. Well, I mean, when, you look, when, when you look at Everton, it, 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 they've embarrassed United this summer in the sense that their manager clearly wanted Rodriguez, got him quickly. He wanted Dallan, got him quickly. Decore gets yeah. him in quickly. 
Godfrey they had to wait on, but they get it done in the end because that's what the manager wants. And and you look at you look at Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea you could argue have strengthened in positions like United that maybe they didn't need to because their centre backs is very bare. But for me, I just I just look at United and, and as you've alluded to there, and, and we've both talked about in recent weeks, Sar was someone that we joked about and saying, Imagine United went for him, that would sum it up. But mm-hmm. deep down, although you're joking about it, as you've said, it's terrible, but you you know it's going to be reality. You just know that there's going to be this lazy, lazy process where we hear that United have got so many incredible scouts and they managed to find 105 right backs before they signed Juan Bissaka. How on earth can it take you to October to the fifth? October the fifth, they think, ah, there's a guy who played in that team that got relegated. I wonder if we could go and get him. He would have been easy to get out if he, if he was someone you actually genuinely wanted. He would have been easy to get out as soon as Watford were relegated. They'd have wanted to raise some funds. You'd have got your man and you probably wouldn't be paying the, the crazy price they were quoted today and, and apparently walked away from. It's shambolic and it's, it's, it's amateur. Ever. And the thing that frustrates me, the thing that frustrates you, the thing that frustrates the whole fan base is if you compare this to the business side of the football club, there is no way on earth... United would, if, if there was an opportunity, for instance, for the next shirt sponsor when, when Chevrolet's delays, there is no way that United would stall and stall and muck around and then just take something at the last minute for the sake of it. They'd be getting the very best possible price mm-hmm. and sponsorship reach that they possibly could as quickly as possible and they'd make a massive splash about it. Why is the football side different? The fact of the matter is, and I know I'm on a bit of a rant here, but Ed Woodward gets a lot of the blame and there's other people involved, of course. When they don't even have the decency to communicate mm-hmm. in a proper way, they go to the same publication twice over the last few years in written form only. No, 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 no. Come out and speak. Explain yourself because maybe there is method in your madness, but we'd like to hear it. Man, uh, I would love to know what the explanation is for leaving Maguire at the end of the window, leaving Bruno Fernandes to the end of the window, and then leaving, you know, you're going to sign four players, you're going to sign five players this summer, leave four of them to the last day of the window. Why? Why? I mean, tell me. So what I think the reason for it is because they were holding on to the last minute in the hope that Bruce Dortmund would give in on Jadon Sancho. If Jadon Sancho was signed, then I think, I don't think Cavani is signed. I don't think a number of these players get signed. I think because... United know they cannot get Sancho anymore. They've gone and signed Alexi Young, Palestri, and Traore. By the way, I have absolutely no problems with those signings. Right? I said at the start of this window, United needed to do a better job at that. They needed to send young players, possibly from South America or across the world, that they could come in and supplement the squad. Squad's too thin. Right? They needed young players um, that they could do that with. So I had no problems with that whatsoever. But once again, just like Holland... Just like Bellingham, Nitroiori, Bruce Dortmund have completely outmaneuvered United and demonstrated how a football club is run. They've completely they 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 they've, they've, they've showed better acumen. They've 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 illustrated that. And another thing that bothers me, Callum, also is when you look at the people that run on United, they all strictly they're, they're all bizarrely seem to have come from the same university. So this cronyism of let's go get our mates in and run this football club, who by the way they never seem to be. Uh, held accountable for their performance. That's a problem. Edward 
Matt Judge and all these other boys that are all Bristol University graduates, all mates, Richard Arnold, right? None of them have a clue about football. None of them. And yet, how many times do we need to hear this from Mourinho, from Van Gaal, from all these previous managers saying, look, this is the problem. It's so obvious what's the problem. And when I see an egg go out and lose 6-1 to Spurs, it makes me livid. Because the guys that are responsible for this will blame somebody else. Solskjaer will eventually get the boot, and he might not. He may might deserve it. That's fine. And you can see Pochettino would be the obvious choice, right? A, a guy that's won nothing, nothing. I know people like him, but he's won nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I'm telling you that if he starts comes into United and things don't go well, that will be you'll be reminded of that time and time and time again. Right, but all the people clamoring for him will be reminding you, oh wait, Pochettino's never won anything, why isn't it harem? No track record of success. A sacked Spurs manager. I'm we're not going to be on board with Pochettino, by the way. Go ahead, mate. We're, we're in the cycle, and, 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 and it's, it's, so, it's, it's so frustrating. We saw it with Jose Mourinho, where he finished his second, albeit a distant second, as, as detractors will say. But he finishes second. They don't back him to the way he wants. The club goes backwards. He gets sacked. Ollie comes in. Good run. Has a good season. <laughs> finishes third. Wants to be back to key positions. Doesn't get it. And then, I hate saying this. I hate saying it. It looks as if the writing's on the wall with the, the way things have went towards the end of this window. It just looks as if United are going to stumble for another couple of months. I mean, you look at the run after the international break... I mean, you've got a couple of tough games in Europe. You've got Chelsea in the horizon in there mm-hmm. as well. It's, it, Newcastle away. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily going to be after the international break. Right, lads, here we go. Let's get the positive momentum back. Football's not as easy as that. And I worry we're going to see United stumble for a month or two. The panic button's pressed. The blame has shifted to Solskjaer and his staff. It was their fault. It was all them, it was their poor recruitment, their poor coaching, their poor management, and the people upstairs hire Pochettino, give them a massive, massive introduction, certain element of the fan base buy it, and they're off the hook again. And then in two years' time, if it's the same ownership structure, the same people behind the scenes who don't know anything about football making football decisions, then we'll probably be having this conversation in two years' time. And and it's just it's just bleak. And, and, and this is what annoys me. If something is broken, you fix it. If something in the commercial side isn't working, United, by sure as hell, fix it. They don't have a football expert involved in the, the footballing department above the manager. They don't have a technical director of any note. They don't have a director of football of any note. You look at other clubs in the Premier League and what they have, and across Europe and what they have. Monchi, the, the, the famous director mm-hmm. of football who was at Sevilla, he said in an interview on the record this week, I just can't understand why United don't have a director of football. Clubs throughout Europe are laughing at United from the mm-hmm. outside looking in. And the fact that doesn't offend the Blazers upstairs to go, right, maybe we should hire somebody and take a, a back seat. For me, it can only be motivated by ego and the ego to say that when it's going right, I can take the credit. And I'm sorry, you're seven years in, there's no credit for you to take. No, you, you don't deserve any more time, you don't deserve any more chances, you don't deserve any more trust. Trust is earned. What have they got right in seven years? Nothing. 
We're still watching clips of Robin Van Persie. We're still watching clips of Ferguson. There's nothing that has been done right in seven years. Nothing. And yet these are the people that are saying, look here, it's his fault. No, it's your fault. And they, if they want to sack Solskjaer, sack him. As long as they go too. Sack themselves. Resign. Say, do you know what? For what's right for this football club, we're going to go. That's the right thing to do. You've had your go. You've had your chance. Go work at an investment bank somewhere where your talent is actually suited and let football people run this football club. But the problem is, Cam, the people that make the decisions at the very, very top are just as clueless as the people below them, and that's the Glazers. How do they not know? I mean, what I don't understand is when they look at the waste, absolute waste of money, why don't they look at it and say, look, we can't keep doing this. At some point, we got to get a return on investment. That defence that Solskjaer had at the weekend cost over $150 million. There's no excuse for that. Harry Maguire's an £80 million defender. Luke Shaw costs 30. Juan Bissaka costs 50. And Eric Bailly costs 30. These are not academy graduates. These are big money signings. And they looked absolutely calamitous. A disgrace. So, you know, at some point, the people at the very top, if they take responsibility for this failure and go to, then I'm happy with that. If Solskjaer gets sacked and we've got the same idiots making the same decisions saying we'll get it right next time, I'm not happy with that. And the fans, I plead with them. Yes, you can hold Solskjaer accountable, but not just Solskjaer. Please. How many times do you need to learn? I mean, when you find your spleen Solskjaer fan, you call it if you want. Right? Also remember, for the second half of last season, he was the most consistent manager in the league. So he may not be as bad as you're saying. That doesn't mean he's good enough for the job. So when he finished third, United are not a third team. The United should have capitalized on that immediately and said, you know what, let's continue the momentum, not kill it. Let's bring a couple of signings in. And get it. See if you even bring two in, Callum, and you leave the last one, the last day of the window. No big deal. There's nothing wrong with making a deadline day signing. Nothing wrong with that at all. But whenever your 99% of your business is being done deadline day, that does not tell me that's a well run football club. I mean, this is in this is ridiculous. The Jaden Sancho thing should have been decided a month ago. Everything. What are the agent's fees? All right, you're not willing to compromise, you move on. How badly do you want to move? Tell Jaden Sancho you're moving on. Let his agent decide whether they want to kill the deal or not on the agent's fees. And if, if they stick to their contract, don't, don't sign them. But why, do you, why does it take you two months to negotiate with an agent? And then turn around, Bruce Dortmund, who had a very, very, very clear price from day one. See, we're not budging. A price you had no intention of paying. You had no intention of paying the agent's fees. You had no intention of paying the transfer fee. But yet still he was your number one target. What magic were you expecting to happen? This is ridiculous. So uh, also, It also sends a poor message to the player. I mean, 
I, I've said this last week. Um, I was asked for my view on Sancho, and I said if United don't sign him in this window, I don't see United getting him next summer because he's been waiting all summer for United to stump up the cash and, and go. He reduced wage demands, apparently. His agent reduced demands, apparently. If he's been willing to reduce demands, as is his agent, the fact you've not went out and got it over the line when he's done his bit, just to me says that come next summer, there'll be other clubs... You're thinking of Real Madrid. You're thinking of other clubs that, yes, they may, they may be struggling at the moment financially, or they may be cutting back financially this year. You would imagine next year they will invest a wee bit of money again. And as I say, if there's other clubs like Madrid and others that are in for Sancho next summer, he's going to go there over United because, for one, do I see United finishing as strongly in the league as they did last season positionally? Absolutely not from what I've watched so far. Obviously, football can change quickly. Um, I don't dispute that. But what I've seen so far, I'm not confident United are going to finish third again or improve on third. And I, and I look at Sancho must be looking now and thinking, they're scrambling around the deadline day signing players they could have signed weeks ago. They've not delivered on me. Will the manager be there in a couple of months? Who's going to be there next summer? Mm-hmm. What is going on? It, it's just so disappointing. And now you can see with the likes of Sergio Romero, other players that have want wanting to leave, the mood once again changing inside the dressing room. Something that Solskjaer worked really, really hard to improve. And now you can see, especially after the 6-1, I'm sure it's dark, it's toxic, it's negative again. right? And by the way, you see these apologies from the players. Oh, we'll do better next week. Why didn't you do better when you are on the pitch? Are you guys open better to give? Why didn't you do it against Spurs? Don't put it on social media. Because if there's anything I'm sick of about it, from United over the last number of years, it's these social media posts about promising to get a reaction. Promising to do better. Not good enough. We know all this. I'd like to actually see you prepare. You know, after Crystal Palace and the, the performance against Brighton, we United were unbelievably lucky to get three points. Maybe you want to go into the Spurs game and try harder and try better and know that the last couple of weeks haven't been good enough. You need to lose 6-1 the Spurs to know it's not good enough, to know you need to try harder. Why aren't you giving your all anyway? Why does it have to result? You know, United fans totally embarrassed, the football club humiliated. All of which could have been avoided. <sighs> anyway. It's just uh, it, it leaves you speechless. Well, look, um, some of the positives... Uh, look, they've invested heavily, good in the in 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 the academy, which is which is encouraging, which is something they should have been doing, right? Uh, hopefully, in a couple of years, year or two, that bears fruit, right? Um, I'm happy with the Traore signing. I'm happy with the Palestri signing. I think those are good signings. I think those are signings that it should be making, right? On top of other top quality signings, right? Um, nothing wrong with the with United going to Uruguay and getting these young kids before other clubs get to me and United showing interest in two and three years whenever he goes to Palermo or something that is exceptional, right? If Cavani can stay fit, he's better than Igalo. That's an improvement. Tellez is better than Luke Shaw. That's an improvement, right? So the the signings that they've made aren't actually terrible, right? I'm not against the signings they've made. Van der Beek is a good signing, right? Um, they've sent young young Willie Cambuala from Sochaux for 16. Uh, he's 16 year old. He was into the under 18s. <clears throat> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with getting sm- getting rid of Smalling, Andreas Sanchez, um, Dalo, 
uh, I've already talked about. So just the way it's been done. And all of us were Patrice Avra at the weekend. All of us felt that. All of us are angry. And again, the tone deafness of United's board probably will will, will uh, ignore it because they don't want to take responsibility, personal responsibility. They're happy to blame everybody else. But until that changes, then I really have... I, I, I just don't see how United can ever win the league. Uh, I just don't think that they have the competence inside the football club to recruit the people that they need. And also to stay the course, right? To know what... A, a, a vision looks like to know what a goal looks like right to leave that solely to football people football people tell you who you want you hire football people to make football decisions if they come to an, exe- an investment banker and say this is what we need to be the best football team in the country then you deliver on what he asks you for you do not tell him that you can't have this player you can't have that player and give him something else because you don't know he knows that's why you hire him Exactly, and the thing is that sums up the method in their madness. Could you imagine Barclays Bank hiring Teddy sharing them as their chief executive? No, Not in a million years. So why why in the football inside at Man United have you got people who are competent commercial bankers running a footballing department? It would make no sense if it was Stevenage. It would make no sense if it was if it was Rill, and it makes no sense that it's Manchester United. Well, they just look like a football club, mate. It's happy to finish top four, and that's about it. Um, and uh, when you calculate their net investment here over the summer, it's going to be it, 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 it's it, it's going to be pretty poor because you factor in you know, what the the, the smalling money went on Tellez. You know, they they do the Sanchez money was they're, they're not paying Cavani anywhere near what they were getting Sanchez. I'm sure they've got a, a decent uh, loan fee for Dallo. They got a decent loan fee for Andreas with an option to buy. Um, and so, uh, you know, Cavani was free. Triori is 19 million plus add-ons. Palestri is 10 million, right? So you're looking at that and you're going, it's really minimal investment for a club United says. It's it, it, it's not it's just not good enough. Don't tell me you can't find the money for a centre-back. Absolutely unacceptable. Um, but um, anyway, mate, two weeks to the next game. Uh, hopefully, um, United have pr- much improved against Newcastle. Uh, Solskjaer... Last time United went to Newcastle needing a result, of course, they got hammered. They were dreadful. Uh, it's important that's not get, that doesn't get repeated. If United go out and lose heavily against Newcastle or lose to Newcastle, I'd be very, very worried about Solskjaer. Um, and I don't think United want to sack him, but I don't think they can persevere with what they persevered with last season, where the way the season started. Uh, I could certainly see a situation where maybe Solskjaer walked. We, we shall see. Um, folks, Thank you for all the downloads, likes, retweets on Beyond the Pitch. Thank you for all your kind comments. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Thanks for the follow. Don't forget to follow this guy here as well. Um, and uh, we uh, we appreciate everything you do for us at BTP. We'll be back again with another show uh, next week. Callum, all the best, mate. Just before we go, Phil, yep. um, can I just say to the listeners, it's been terrible for United, right, this week. But I'm from Scotland and we're playing Israel on a playoff on Thursday, so you, you're probably going to enjoy your international break. I've got to watch Scotland, so that should cheer you up. So take care, everyone. Thank well, you. good luck. Good luck, Scotland. All the best, mate. Cheers. See you, Colin. Bye.